Oh, yeah, baby. Best believe the gardener's coming to pull some weeds, and he's bringing his friend Ralph, the janitor. So tell those guppies that he's going to be mopping up the place when he touches down. (laughs) (laughs) Justin's on his way. Okay, okay, okay. All right, here we are. We're at the podcast. Everybody, describe your perfect day with Justin on his return. Oh, man. I'll go first. Does it have to be just Justin? Mm, No. Yes. So I wake up. (laughs) It's 8 o'clock. I I roll over to see my phone. I had a a message from Justin that says, hey, what's up, boy, B-O-I? Let's do the thing. And I'll say, okay, cool, old town. And then I'll meet him at Old Town Cafe at about 8.30. And uh, we'll both get breakfasts. And then after we get breakfasts, we'll go to um, Cafe Adagio. And we'll get uh, we'll both get double tall lattes to go. Adagio. <clears throat> yeah, Adagio. But before uh, they give us our beverages, we're going to solve one of the little wooden puzzles on the table. And at that point, with our lattes to go, we're going to walk down to Glass Beach. Um, and we're going to sit there and finish our lattes, and we're going to come back to the store here. Uh, we're going to visit all of you boys who will all be here, because I won't be here, which means everyone that's great will be here. Um, and I'll have Justin with me, and we'll walk in, and everybody will go, Oh, Justin, we love you! And uh, and then everyone will reassure me that they also love me. Um, and then all of us will say, This is so great. Let's close the comic shop for the day. And then uh, we'll get online and we'll see that they're playing um, Christopher Reeves Superman at Barkley Theater. And all of us will pile into my car and we'll all go see Superman 1 in the movie theater. At this point, it's about four in the afternoon, five in the afternoon when we get out of the movie, and we all go to Pizza Hut, and we all get personal pan pizzas and play Pac-Man, and, uh, and then we come back to the shop here, and we record a podcast about Superman, and then everybody else goes away, and Justin and I go to Venustrology, and we just, we just get, just, we get so many flights of wine that, um, that, that our heads start to cave in. <laughs> and uh, and we we d- we get so intoxicated we decide to Uber down to California Ooh. and we pass out at like three o'clock in the morning uh, at the tip of Mount Shasta while a stranger drives us to to Los Angeles. That's my perfect day with Justin when he comes back. Wow, that's wow. that's going to a lot of places that it's gonna. Be I busy. didn't know you guys frequented. Oh, we don't. It's gonna be. It's a fun. Adagio, Vin Astrology. Yeah, yeah. We've never been to either of those places together. Huh. <laughs> I I. I think my perfect day with Justin would mostly just include the blue bean bag up here. Oh God! <laughs> and, uh, I mean a lot of lot of patty cake, mm-hmm. a lot of grab a. I'm trying to clean it up a little. Grab bit. apple. Just grab apple. A little bit of the grab apples. <laughs> grab apple. And uh, I just like to point out that Roman just burped and laughed at himself. I laughed because you looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 100 percent sure that I was the one burping. 
Oh, so, and then before we get the Uber ride, though, we both go over to Roman's house, because he's never been inside Roman's house before. Uh, None of us have, except Roman and you. Yeah, it's true. And Roman will get out of his freezer three special frozen Snickers bars that he's been saving for very, very long for just the right moment. And this will be it! Wow. Tickle fights is, upstairs is, at the comics place. <laughs> Roman, what's your perfect day with Justin? Oh when he man, comes back? everything you guys mentioned there sounds like perfect days. Um, my see, I didn't know you guys went to Glass Beach. Me and Justin used to walk. We would go down to um, the ASB Trail, whatever it is mm. that's around the 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 pools down there on the waterfront. Sure. Because we always used to go there after leaving the store. We'll go for a walk out there. Beforehand, we'll get we'll get the cinnamon rolls from the food co-op because mm. I always ran into Justin at the food co-op. Yeah. And there's and there's cinnamon rolls. Oh God. Um, we might go to to uh, the pizza place, Rudy's. Oh, yeah. that was one of our, our hangouts. Ooh. Oh, oh, we have to go over by behind the hub. Sit in the little bench there because we used to sit in that little bench and and gaze out at the trail and the oh. bums and the bum woods and talk about life. Oh, I'm learning a lot about where Justin has been in this town. Yeah. <laughs> Braden, what's your perfect day with Justin when he comes back? Well, first thing, and this is going to take most of the day, mm-hmm. but once we do it, that'll take care of the rest because we're going to get a like a miniature hyperbolic time chamber set up. Oh, wow. And we're going to go in there and we're going to watch all the cartoons we need to watch together and get caught up on. <laughs> and that's going to be most of it. Once we get caught up on all those, we might go out to eat somewhere. I've never gone to an establishment in town with Justin, uh-huh. but as long as we get some food, and talk about the cartoons we like, and talk about the comics creators that we don't like, yeah. and I think that's that'll cover most of my day. Okay. Welcome to the Perfectly Acceptable Comics Place podcast in Bellingham, Washington, uh, where every Tuesday we go out and pick up a whole bunch of books from UPS. Sometimes there's not that many books yeah, in a week, that. like like this week. And we bring those books back from Jana's drop-off, uh, UPS, to this spot. And uh, we sort all the books, we count all the books, we pull all the books for our subscribers, we take the ones that we're really excited about home uh, or, you know, to a respective quiet place. We engage in an artistic relationship with those books, a creative, inspired relationship with those books. Uh, And then we come back here to engage in a variety of conversations and tangents, either related to or unrelated to the books, the shop, or the comings and goings of our GD lives. Yeah, feeling good. Uh, I'm Jeff, and I can feel I'm moments and moments away from seeing Justin. I'm Django, and if I never see Justin again, it'll be the worst thing in the world. I'm Roman, and I can't believe Justin's almost here. I'm Braden, and I've got just kind of like a slow, gradual buildup of mucus in my right nostril, and it's just... I don't need to blow it constantly, but it's just kind of annoying. It, it's nice knowing that the universe is sending you, sending you an immuno spiritual enema that's just going to clear <laughs> you out. Yeah, Justin. Justin, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's bringing you, bringing you the precious herbs oh, from man. his garden. I know he's been gardening over there. Clippings, the clippings. clippings. <laughs> so this is episode fifty-eight. Um, I want to let everyone know right now, we're going to talk about some stuff. There's some spoilers, oh, there's gosh. ends, there's beginnings, there's middle parts. I don't want to give anything away, but boy meets world. I got a spoiler. 
This is relating to Justice League. Oh gosh, I thought the I, movie. I heard the word justice, and I thought yeah. Justin League. Me too. Justin's <laughs> League. <laughs> this week we're going to be talking about Moon Knight, one eighty nine. Uh, we're also probably going to talk about Batman, Creature of the Night, Book One, and Batman number oh, Batman Annual number two, and uh, Heavy Vinyl number four, formerly known as Hi-Fi Fight Club. And I, I think we're probably going to bring it, bring it around with a little old man Logan thirty one. Old man, with some buckshot Logan. sprinkled in between. We'll, we'll get a sprinkling of like a smattering of buckshot, <clears throat> mm-hmm. a pinch of buck, a blood <laughs> out. <laughs> Ten dimes worth of buckshot. Ten dimes worth. Jeez, it's from that clip Django sent earlier. I sent or somebody. I think that was Jay. Jay was Jay. Okay, I haven't had a chance it's to from look that western. Um, you guys, Moon Knight 189, uh, was it as good as the first issue of this guy's run? Nope. I didn't think so. I didn't think different. so either. <clears throat> I was, I, it I, felt I a lot more superhero-y to me. Yep. Well, it's because Moon Knight was in it. Yeah. At all. And he was flying. Which I kind of liked because I didn't really know much about Moon Knight. Moon Knight, and so the last issue, I was kind of expecting him to be around. <laughs> Instead, I was hanging out with uh, And I Ra. was just really confused. I thought this beard guy was supposed to be Moon Knight, but then he like burned some... <clears throat> people up it was very confusing uh yeah i thought that this issue was good but not great uh story-wise there were some really cool pictures like the one of uh who is it i don't remember which which guy guy it is who's coming into his hotel with the bandages on i just keep coming back to that page i really like his his body language and his his beat upness there and I really liked what a like messed up bad guy Lockley is inside of Moon Knight. Like he turns it over to Lockley when he needs bad shit to happen. So this was like an interesting usage of his multiple personalities. Like he kind of was willingly changing personality, and like they all had like slightly different appearances. He was changing his costume, and like or like pulling up his mask halfway to expose his mouth when he was that real messed up guy. As if we don't always think he looks enough like Batman. Yeah, or like Nemesis <laughs> from Mark Millar. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was both kind of cool and also a little bit weird. Yeah, it doesn't fit with the, the characterizations of this guy that we've seen lately. I guess I really like that Lemire run, and mm-hmm. it really, uh, I, I feel like, more emphasized the, like, crazy not able to discern what was real and not real and then i had some like sympathy for mark specter in that regard because he was like battling with this thing this he seems a little bit more like he's mastered it and not or not necessarily mastered but he's like switching personalities and i don't know it it, he was a lot more highly functioning and i'm sure uh what's the max max Mm bemis is trying to differentiate like his moon knight from jeff lemire like I mean, it is He's, legacy. This is this is traditional Moon Knight, classic <laughs> Moon Knight we all grew up with. It does uh-huh. introduce this like cool villain guy, I, I guess. I kind of like I like the fight with him. Yeah, with the art, like he spits his tooth at him, and yeah, like yeah. when they first start fighting, he's like punching him in the face, just like looking back at him. It's I thought a lot of the action sequences were paced really well. Hey, Brayden, look at that—a slice sound effect. Yeah. I like the sound slicing makes, but no, it's not. Yeah, but knives don't go shing when you take them out of anything. I just think of Braden when I see. Well, if you take them out of the right thing, oh sure, a shinger. Yeah. Um, the I I really liked the scene of Raw working his way up the ladder. Yeah. To find the bad guy. Yeah, that was pretty cool. 
Um, it took me until just now to realize that the guy that caused the train wreck is not related to Raw. And that Raw is trying to find that train wreck guy's right. boss in order to maybe take over. I guess we don't really know exactly why he's doing that yet. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was kind of weird to have this uh, villain who hasn't been mentioned at all in the previous issue just kind of be here doing stuff all of a sudden yeah i think it's kind of cool it's all it's i wonder if they're going to be doing like a raw issue a moon knight issue a raw issue a moon knight issue and then have them it's like a raw issue <clears throat> and a smackdown issue yeah no that's all i could hear when he said down issue uh that's that's why i think it'd be better if we pronounced it ray oh okay i like that too Tannis. i hate that um <laughs> so so is this guy that he becomes, it's like the crazy, like exposed mouth, angry Moon Knight. Is it this one? Is it like cabbie so. driver yeah. one? Yeah, it's a cabbie. He looks more chill without a mask on as that guy. And then at the end there, do we go find, is this Bushman? Yeah, was I supposed to recognize oh, that guy? is that who that is? I, I don't realize, I don't remember him being as overweight when he pops up like two times on the Lemire run, but I also didn't know who he was. I mean, yeah, I don't remember him. Oh, is that his teeth? Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that is Bushman. Yeah. Um, he filed his teeth down, and when he was over in Africa, being becoming Bushman. <laughs> the coloring's a little weird on there too. I think he isn't he a black guy yeah, in I the so. like, and and it's I mean he's backlit by the fire, so there's there's no instance where you're really sure. Actually, on the topic of backlit I'm by the here. fire, I do think that the the coloring is real nice, like the yeah. backlighting, or when he does find the, the crazy angry guy, the truth when he finds him in the, the subway and everybody's got a weird shadow on it. I think those shadows were cast really well. Like, there's a nice sense of light in there and, and where it's cast. And the colors on the on the conductor, like, all those veins and stuff are all color. Yeah. I think the art was really a little, cool. I mean, a little spotty. I think there was parts that really impressed me and there were other parts that seemed uh, a little bit quicker and a little bit more, like, sort of crossed, like, basic backgrounds. But when this stuff was detailed and, and cool, I, I, I really enjoyed uh, when there yeah. was an ex- I didn't notice any missed up stuff. Yeah, but, not not, or, not like missed it, but there were but... moments where I was like, "Damn, that's good art." And then there's pages where I was like, "Oh, that's fine." You know, I would absolutely trade this for almost any house style art oh, yeah. from DC or Marvel right now. Yeah. Um, even like people really like the Flash series, and that that style just doesn't do much for me. It's all kind of sketchy and yeah. seems a little rushed. Um, I didn't know you could. Uh shunk a guy's eyes out with uh, moon blades oh, in a T-plus sh- comic. He shunked the shit out of those eyes, Brayden. Yeah. Did you, okay. So did you prefer the shunk to the slice? Oh, yeah. I, okay. think the, I thought the shunk was great. Okay. You're trying to pin that sound effect down, you know? Like, I, I got to that point, and I, I had to flip back to the cover because I wasn't sure what it was rated. But <laughs> there's no, it's not it's not parental advisory. It's, it's, a, it's a solid T-plus, which is like Squirrel is <clears throat> T-plus. So. I mean, before you even get there, the way this guy's teeth are showing when Moon Knight punches his yeah. mouth off, like, that's that's pretty scary. You could tell like I had not bitten his own tongue off. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think, Romy? I need to read it. Oh. All right. It's, sitting, it's so sitting at home waiting to be read. Well, now you know what happens. That's okay. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Moon Knight oh, has bandages. Bushman shows up on the last page on fire. Great. <laughs> <laughs> kind of on fire. <laughs> I don't remember what I gave the first issue, but I give this one a seven. Uh, it was good. All of it was good. All of it was fine. I'd, I'd give it. I'd probably also give it a seven chunk slice. Yeah, seven chunk slices. I'll give it a ten. 
<laughs> well, absolutely. We haven't read it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I usually do. Perfect um, until proven otherwise. Yeah. Yep. That's how I live my life. <laughs> yeah, uh, seven as well, which, you know, six is usually my fine, but I do like the art a lot. Fine plus. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, uh, near near fine plus mint. <laughs> yeah, I like like both of you guys said, it, it's better than a house style. Like, I think that there are times where it's better than other times within the books. It's a little inconsistent, but, like, I... <clears throat> It's interesting art for sure. Yeah. Uh, should we talk about Batman Creature of the Night, book one? Yeah. Like, I think we all have a similar feeling about an aspect of this book. Roman, did you read this book? I did not read that okay. book either. Dude, yeah. <laughs> your buddy wrote it. Kurt Busick. And John Paul Leon drew it. Todd Klein lettered it. I'm glad Kurt finally wrote that because, you know, it was my idea originally. <clears throat> all right, Susan. Tell us more about that. <laughs> uh, no, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to step on his toes at all. So this book's <laughs> <laughs> this book it takes place in a world uh, where we're in Boston, and a kid named Bruce Wainwright has grown up absolutely love loving Batman and Batman comic books. And when he was really young, his rich parents uh, were shot during a robbery and killed, and he was picked up by Gordon something. Who's Gordon a Hoover. Gordon Hoover, Hoover, the detective, and he has to. Spend time with his uncle, Whose Alton name Frederick, Alton Alfred. Yeah. So the whole thing um, basically it takes place in our world relative to the comic book world, and it, it at least the Superman secret identity in this one, it sort of just talks about our life's relationship to art and how it affects us and how we can sort of sometimes art and life can overlap in weird ways. And it takes place in like early 60s. Oh, yeah, yeah. But an interesting thing about this is it takes place sort of between Bruce's journal entries and his uncle's journal entries. His uncle needs to learn how to print. His uncle writes in cursive. (laughs) Yeah. And his uncle writes a lot Uh in this book. In cursive, yeah. Um, It's like, I can read cursive. But it it takes like an extra second on each word because I have to. It's been a while. I have to decrypt it. Yeah. yeah. Just like half a second. Man, you remember when they made you learn cursive in elementary oh, yeah. school? Yeah, I remember like, when they started making us learn and then gave up. Yeah, like what you, had, you had to learn it when I was a kid, but I haven't, I haven't used it since high school. I think. Yeah, like they don't why? do it anymore. Or seventh really? grade, maybe I don't know. What is it? It's just like here's a stylized English that everyone needs to learn. Like think, that's a silly yeah, thing. Yeah, it's supposed to be like, you know, formal documents back. Like way back in the day, we're like all cursive, and then like now, then it was just like, oh, you need to know cursive for your signature and all that. And now yeah. it's, it's also yeah. faster, right? Maybe. Like I, I think. I well, think so. If yeah, you like, you, if you do it well. Yeah, when you knew it, you could. Everything was all linked together. You never have yeah, to lift all, your it's pen. It's all one stinking line. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Nowadays, I think about like a capital cursive G, and it just looks like some. It looks like Kryptonian or something because it's this weird yeah. squiggly thing. It's like a it harp. is. Interesting yeah, how G. how yeah. that can slow down your. I, I guess it's just interesting the effect lettering has on a comic book, but you also just don't really think about it. And yeah. there's like a huge amount of work and energy and art that goes into lettering, and whether it's digital or whether it's printed and taped yeah. on, and there's it's people's careers. Yeah. And I don't know that they chose right here, but yeah, I really didn't want it to like affect my reading of the story, but it kind of did. And yeah. It's frustrating because it sh- it shouldn't because you know I think you know cursive is looks nice and it makes sense that he's an older gentleman from the sixties he's like he's writing his journal in cursive and you're a like, goddamn adult who should be able to read cursive and <laughs> but at the same time I <laughs> mean it's like, awful <laughs> you know when you're sort of objectively looking at the art there's a lot of components that go into it and if there is a consistent choice that was made within the art that 
prevents you from engaging in some way or prevents you from getting something out of it, like that's, that's important. Like I've definitely had lettering in books where it's been like super distracting. Like even recently we were reading one and they kept doing all of their A's were like almost just like big backwards D's. Like they didn't have a tail on it. I think it was last week and I can't remember what book it was, but I kept like, I had to keep rereading words and it was just like a poorly lettered like font. And I don't know. I, I think that it's an interesting thing. I would like to learn more about lettering. There was something I was reading and I don't know if it was in any of the comics this week or if it was something I read late last week, but there was something that if it had been lettered just a little bit worse, it would have been a swear word. Mm-hmm. Like just uh, two word, two short words on a line that were almost offensive. And I wondered if letterers put extra space between those two words. Like if that's a trap. Like when they when they write flick, they have to make sure to give enough space between right. the L and the I or it looks like fuck. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. okay. Anyway, this th- I thought this book was really good. I actually also really, <clears throat> really liked it. I, I enjoyed the the setup. I enjoyed the kind of mystery that they're setting up with Bruce's uncle about why he's not allowed to take Bruce in, but I, I think maybe it's because he's a confirmed bachelor. What does that mean? Gay? Oh. Because like they're okay. at the theater at one point, and he introduces Bruce to a couple of dudes who I think are like, like one of them has his hand on the other guy's back. And I think that they were, they were be, I think it was a subtle... Like, okay. well, yeah, I can't huh. take you in because it's 1968 and I'm not allowed to. Okay, yeah. And Bruce the, is mad at his uncle about it. That's that's cool. Mm-hmm. I was not, I was, you know, wondering the whole time, like, why can't his uncle take him in and what is the story there? Wow. So I, I like the idea of that mystery unraveling. Yeah, but, no, he does say, like, because of my lifestyle yeah. or something at some point. I just yeah. he was, like, an addict or I thought he was poverty Batman, maybe. or something. I figured he couldn't afford it or something. Yeah, but, it, it like, it, it seemed like kind of a mystery but i think i think it was answered i think okay. that's i think you're right yeah i think yeah. that's where he was going huh. from, which is pretty cool i just yeah, I, no i just think it's because really. because i'd forgotten that that used to be kind of a code word for people thinking you were gay and confirmed i confirmed bachelor yeah well, I they say, didn't say it in here oh they did okay okay well i forgot that anyway because because my mom has referred to me that way <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> i didn't know mom thought that of me um <laughs> interesting maybe your mom's older than the term so I think that I the <laughs> in like the Superman secret identity, if I remember right, uh, I think that uh, Clark was a little bit more at war internally with the fact that his life, he had the same name and stuff as Clark Kent in the comic books, whereas mm-hmm. this one, the kid sort of mm-hmm. relishes in it. I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, I like this a lot because I like seeing a character use comic books to deal with tragedy. And I think that that's a thing that I love about comic books. I'm like getting back into comic books as an adult, particularly Batman. That was a big part of it for me. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think that it's easy to read superheroes as like action things, but I really, really like superheroes when they encourage us or force us or help us to like be better people or just to be reminders to be a good person. Like that's my favorite stuff about Superman and that, is like what I love about Batman, like his just ability to persevere through a really horrible situation. So I th- I think that the parallel of this draws with that is really, really cool, particularly because like it personally is a thing that, you know, I related to Batman with. So uh, I think from a storytelling point, this is 
this is really cool because it really does remind me about what is best about superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I did also hope for a little bit more from the art, which was absolutely fine. But uh, John Paul Leone did a Detective Comics like two issue little story like three years ago and it was so awesome it was like when batman finds a bunch of dead bodies on a plane that came in and oh, i don't remember that one it was in the new 52 it was it was really awesome but it, it was a little bit heavier inks whereas this one is a lot lighter and sparser uh which is totally fine but i like a little bit uh more i don't know i like this it reminded me of um like a like if michael lark had done david mazzuccelli's art in year one okay. or something like that like a little bit Oh, not I don't want to say rushed, but but definitely a little more impressionistic, uh, but still plenty of plenty of shadows and and uh, detail at the same time. I don't know. I I didn't like it flipping through it, but I really enjoyed it while I read it. Yeah, it it worked. It did work really well for it. I was just uh, I I don't know. I was hoping for a little bit more. And I I guess I'm only pointing that out because I actually really liked the book as a whole. So the one thing I would like was maybe just a, maybe if it was just a little bit tighter cuz you you that word you use is impressionistic. It's a little it's a little loose at times. I wonder if different colors would enhance it. Yeah, a little more. I don't know if he, he colored himself. Himself. Um, and I could see I could see bolder colors having a very different effect. And maybe maybe that's the plan maybe throughout the series things will get more and more like Batman. I don't think I liked it as much as you guys. I I think it, it, it was a cool story idea, but it was a little dense, and not just because of like all the cursive, but there's a lot of buildup of this character and who this boy is and what he's gone through and how it parallels Bruce Wayne. And I don't know, it got a little dull for me at some times just talking about stuff he's going through over and over. That. Mm-hmm didn't always resonate with me like from his perspective and then from his uncle's perspective yeah and i was definitely expecting him to like try to be batman at some point Mm -hmm. but instead there's like this spirit of batman that's like helping him or is it him it's yeah controlling it or just watching it so which is cool and confusing i was kind of hoping to like not be as confused as I was by the end of it on how exactly mm-hmm. that's working. Given well, this is like, how many issues is this? Gonna I think be? it's going to be four or five. Superman, uh, Secret Identity was four. Okay. Supergirl was four in a similar format lately. Yeah, and and yeah, even in the I, the first one, a big component of it is the mystery of like, is this Superman? Is this not Superman? How is this related? Mm-hmm. So like, that is a big thrust of the book. I can see it sort of slowing down. I I was feeling like halfway through it, I was like, man, I'm really attached to this kid now. Like, oh. I, I care about this kid halfway through this issue much more than I usually care about a character halfway through an issue. There's a lot of stuff there personally for me to identify with. But I didn't I didn't get attached to him. Yeah. Like, I don't know. He's... We rarely see... Like, all we know about him is that he's obsessed with Batman and that his parents died. And, like, there's the drive there to, like, avenge them sort of but yeah not much more than that and i was nothing i really latched onto. i feel like yeah i guess that that sort of vagueness is what allowed me to latch onto it because you're like oh tragedy i can relate to that loving batman i can relate to that so it's like the the intricacies would have for me personally would have probably stopped me from being able to identify as heavily 
but I think in art there's a balance that can be struck between being vague and between being detailed and what's the right amount because you want people to be able to identify but then you don't but then if you over yeah I mean different stuff and like I've never I mean I've always loved Batman but I've never like idolized him really which maybe that's the difference I'm not sure yeah I don't know Loving the bat, loving the Batman will lead to loving the shadow, is what I heard. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Shadow's basically based on Batman. <laughs> I mean, he's absolutely based on Batman. I've got a, I got a thing that occurred to me, and this kind of goes back to the fonts. So, when we read Batman today, Batman is in little torn sheets from his journal, right, and it's uh, like like letters on handwritten letters on a yellow slip of paper this kid's is uh, handwritten letters on a blue piece of paper um and maybe roman knows this when did that start being the way that batman narrated what this is this is so batman's batman's got a very specific um it's in year ex- 1 right i know it happened in year 1 but yeah, did it happen yeah. before that like did frank miller create that lettering style for batman was batman the first person to be narrated in journal i don't know but that's like that's how you know it's batman talking now is it always that way for batman i don't think it's always like that i don't know i don't know is it that way in this yeah (laughs) i don't know if batman talks on oh there's no there's no caption aren't these comics made from like his collected journals (laughs) (laughs) look at that black light well okay yeah so that's another thing this is three comics in just a couple of weeks that uh, incorporate comics into them like Killer Be Killed has his dad as an old artist right Um, well it's it's not in the new one but like in in the first couple of issues we find out that his dad was an artist for a heavy metal-ish kind of sci-fi magazine this is based on a kid who loves Batman. It's a big part of an upcoming Avengers story. That's part of the Batman uh, uh, Batman Lost, was oh. him reading reading one of his own stories to the little girl. Yeah, I also think it just speaks to, like, a growing proclivity towards meta-narrative. And I think mm-hmm. that, like, the first thing when you're trying to be, like, push a story is to, like, try and think of it as a bigger thing. Right. And the first thing to try and do that is to sort of incorporate the existing medium into a, a larger medium there. And I think that yeah. happens with music and movies and books as well. So I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I've just noticed it as sort of a trend of the last couple of years. Like, yeah. you see. I mean, multiversity was all about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It just uh, thought that was interesting. I give this one uh, an eight point five. Eight point five watts. Um, I give this one uh, eight point five damaged children looking for hope in fiction. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm gonna give it eight blams because I think blows. Blam is the only sound effect. Um, I give it five damaged children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It was fine. I didn't really grab me, but I'll, I'll, I'll read more. I'm curious about the boy wonder. And oh, yeah. And Roman gives it 10. Yep. 10 again. 10 damaged children. Uh, it reminds me a lot of uh, the Paul Dini Dark Knight. Yeah, and I haven't was... read that. Oh, you haven't? It's, no, it's that really Paul good. Dini hardcover, yeah. It's uh, kind of similar, but except about Paul Dini. I was thinking about it this morning as I was reading Oh, this. yeah. 
Yeah, it is. It is a little bit like that. Yeah. Um. Well, I think we should talk about Batman Annual Number Two, which has that line I was talking about with the weird lettering in it. Um, this Look. one's by Tom King and Lee Weeks, with Michael Lark helping out and Elizabeth Brightweiser coloring. Uh, some of the pages. She only colored some of them. One to thirty. Oh, Jun Chung colored pages thirty-one to thirty-eight. Well done, well done, everybody. Um, man, bat, uh, gog, it's Roman, Britain. <laughs> um, it's the only reason I'm here. <laughs> did you read this one, Roman? I did read this one right before the podcast. <laughs> what did you think? Oh my god, it's pretty good, right? Kaiju Max was my favorite this week until I read this. This uh. is my favorite book this week. <laughs> oh, it was so good. It was so it's. Oh. It's such a touching, sexy oh. beginning of Batman and Catwoman's romance. How they're like chasing each other around the the Wayne Mansion, like like two high schoolers falling in love because they are. Uh, and their dialogue, how Catwoman reveals to him that that she gets him, and even though yeah. he doesn't want to admit it, that she knows that he gets her, and they're the same. <laughs> yeah, and I love that that this. Story isn't just her saying bat and him saying cat a yeah. hundred times. 100 yeah. times. <laughs> Although I will say, I'm I don't know how many more meows I can take. Oh, so here's here's the thing I realized about the meows. Erica says meow a lot. In fact, when she's hosting karaoke and it's somebody's birthday, <laughs> she thinks ha- she sings happy birthday using the word meow instead of the words. Okay. And I just put Erica's voice inside of Catwoman every time I read Catwoman saying meow. And it makes a lot more sense. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, This is the same creative team that did the Batman Elmer Fudd. Yeah, I was going to say, and I love how when she steals the Batmobile and crashes it in there, the whole reason Bat... Spoiler, the whole reason Batman decides to call the Batmobile is because Porky Pig can't pronounce the Bat... The Batmobile? (laughs) <laughs> and then he calls it the Batmobile. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't realize that was him. Who, and, and in fact, and, and there's me. Elmer Fudd sitting right, yeah. standing right there. Who knew actually. Pokey Pig would have such an impact on Batman's career? Yeah, b- b- yeah b- no Batman. idea. <laughs> who's uh, who's the woman sitting next to Porky Pig there? I I don't know. Was she in the Batman? Was that Elmer? the girl that they were both in love with and would, chasing down? Oh, okay. I would think Batman would recognize her because wasn't she tied to Bruce? Eventually, maybe, maybe but after he's Elmer? probably just a, he's so enamored mm. of this new Catwoman person, he's like, forget the old exes. Yeah, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I'm more curious if one of you can identify all the people standing at his bed when he's being diagnosed with cancer. Spoiler. Of course, we can, maybe. So, yeah, oh, the last God. couple pages of this are yeah, this Batman one. dying. That whole family there, I gave it a good stare down. So, I see, uh, I see a red robin there, Jason. No, not red robin, red hood, yeah, Jason wearing Sandra red. Kane. Barbara Gordon. It almost looks like maybe one of them is Dark Knight Robin. Did um, Oh, yeah. She's got and the Carrie Kelly glasses, yeah. Yeah, and then Duke. I'm is that a sure. super old Leslie Tompkins? Where at? Or is that Batgirl's girlfriend? So the ones I don't know or are the guy in the girlfriend. orange shirt and then the guy yeah, who's the orange shirt? holding Barbara, which is probably Dick Grayson. Oh, well, yeah. I assume that must be Dick, but yeah. it doesn't look like Dick. We're going to have gray to, hair. We're gonna have to have a talk with Tom. <laughs> Yeah, who's who's the brunette lady and the blonde dude? Oh, I bet someone on like. Well, that's Cassandra Kane, and that's Stephanie Brown. Who's Cassandra Kane? Oh, Cassandra Kane. Wait. Back here by the window. 
That girl? Who's Mohawk guy? Yeah, that's the guy. I don't know. And this is riveting fucking radio right now. <laughs> Sorry, we can cut it out. Um, no, this is very important. So, just, just gosh. <laughs> I, I don't... I, yeah, I... Batman isn't on my head my favorite superhero, but it's ridiculous how many like amazing Batman comics in my yeah. mind we've gotten in the last like three months. Uh, it's it's more Batman comics in like six months than we've gotten in like five years, I feel like, that are unbelievably good. Like between White Knight, mm-hmm. uh, this series, the main Batman book itself, and like the metal one shots. Even, even the Dark Knight 3 was, was solid. Yeah. Yeah, so it's been uh, a really, if you're a Batman fan, it's awesome. Uh, if you're not, it probably is uh, in a situation you're totally indifferent to. But this art was absolutely amazing. The double-page spread of them mm-hmm. on the rooftop, which that calls was, back to their rooftops. It was very, very good. Just oh. down to the way the rain, the as colors. it's close to the camera, is much larger than it is further away. So like, it's an amazing perspective shot with just like smears of rain. And, yeah, I absolutely was bawling on my couch reading this last night. Yeah. And then I had Sam read it, and then she, like, left the room crying when she finished it. Uh, Babies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was crying reading this just because the way King wrote this, where their their interactions feel so natural, like when you're so quickly falling in love with somebody and they say things that you're like, no one's ever said that. That way to me, the profound I'm just going to respond totally honestly and openly, and the way she finds this pearl, and that's a new mythos addition to the mythos. I like that he's got a, a secret safe with one of his mother's pearls in there, and that's all that's in there is the pearl. Yeah, and Catwoman understands it. Yeah, uh, behind his like his fifth countermeasure or whatever it was, and the way she seduces him and then totally tricks him. I know that was so good. <laughs> this panel here, where she ends up like setting off the gas canister, and he's like, "What?" Yeah, and I was as that was happening, I was like, "Oh my god, are they gonna bone? This is so awesome! I love her." Yeah, and it tricked me because I thought it was p- being played for humor that she accidentally I set know. it off. It's, it was, <laughs> but no, so good. And this shot of them like kissing right here in the cat by his foot, and like the wine glass spilling is. Um, when he's yeah, and yeah. he shows up, he says, "I don't want to help you." And they they kiss because it was just like that was the same dialogue she had given him. Oh, listen, that God. page made me gasp because she spilled all that wine on the floor after she just poured it. Uh, <laughs> he didn't say, "I don't want to help you." He says, "I don't want to help you." Yeah, <laughs> it's bold. Yeah, he wants to do something else. He wants first. to hump her. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. Yeah. I, I agree and then with she you. doesn't she echo that? She said it earlier. At the uh, but at the end. She comes up to him and she says, "I'm not here to help you." Before they, before the second full page kiss when they're old. Oh, maybe that was when it was doubled. Yeah. Um, so the, yeah. Oh, go, no, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say the art also does a really interesting job of being sparse. I mentioned that to Sam, or maybe it's just, like the coloring, but like there are times where it's like blotchy and not perfect in a way that like was. A, I guess that's why the Creature of the Night night art stands out a little bit to me because I feel like this does a similar thing, but it did it, in my mind, like a little bit better. Like it was sparse and thin while being like totally fully conceptualized and masterful. Like I, I, I don't really know how to explain it, but... This it, one leaves a lot of the shadows to the colors. And yeah. the other one is all like 
black, black, black shadows. Right. I think. And Chunky. E- even just like not filling in areas, but it seems mm-hmm. like it was almost intentional. This is a book that like I will absolutely have to keep. I usually don't keep my single issues, but like the rooftops issues, uh, mm-hmm. the proposal, like this issue, the, you know, the Talia al Ghul arc. I, I, I know that they've introduced the concept of Batman and Catwoman before, but I think it's like it's never made so much sense to me as mm-hmm. it makes right yeah. now. And I like I told Sam when she finished it, I was like, "Spoilers! Like Batman dies at the end of this issue, and he leaves like a death birth like, gift for Catwoman in the form of a kitten." Um, and he's like, his memory seems to be going, like his brain functioning is kind of going a little bit. He'll forget a thing. Um, but it's a really big deal to imply the death of Batman. Like, until now, Dark Knight Returns is our de facto sort of the end of Batman story. He's never died, though. Right, I know. But, but so it's kind of crazy that we have this huge story that everyone kind of agrees is either Elseworlds or the end of Batman. Yeah. And we've, we're allowing a book to be after that. Like, mm-hmm. that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. I think the, only, the way that you know that it's not real is that Bruce doesn't have a mustache when at the end. <laughs> we all know Bruce grows a mustache before he dies. He's got to look like is his that dad. so? That's what he does in uh, Batman Lost. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's and he's he got one before he turns back into Batman in uh, Dark Knight Returns. Doesn't he have one in Batman Beyond too, which is an alternate future, I guess? But no, he doesn't. He doesn't. Not in Batman Beyond. Beyond. Okay. He's got that we'll slick see. black suit though, and well, that cane. Yeah. All right. Well, see what I was wondering. But Earth 2, at least as we knew it, doesn't exist in Rebirth. Well, we don't know yet because they haven't really explored it. But when we got to the page with their daughter, Helena, who's a Batwoman, I was like, oh, so this is Earth 2. Because on Earth, the old pre-crisis Earth 2, Batman and Catwoman got married. Leave Earth labels out of this. (laughs) But that was my question. (laughs) I was curious. And I was trying to suss out that. She says, Helena, I was, I am your father's wife. And that seems like a almost like weird... Like, it's not her daughter. Maybe it's Batman's daughter, and she's married into it. But she does no, say, yes, mother. Okay, all right. She's, yeah. she's saying that because the the Batwoman signal is up in the air, and she says, I, I am your father's wife. Like, I understand you got to go because the bat signal is out there. Yeah, of all people, you know, I get it. Because, <laughs> like, she, Catwoman yeah, never okay. had a okay. cat signal. Okay, I get that. Yeah. But, yeah, um, that did make me wonder. So are, is... King is, is this leaving a like kind of a cop out saying, "Oh, well, this is a different Earth. It's not." I mean, why can't Helena Wayne be on two different Earths? Like, I mean, yeah, they're all no. parallel stuff. So, doesn't Huntress come over here? And uh, New Fifty Two, she did. Yeah, yeah, and old continuity, and, and in yeah, New Fifty Two, she came over here. She was Robin on Earth Two, came here, here. Became yeah. Huntress because there was already Robins. It here. was in a World's <laughs> Finest. Yeah, in World's Finest. Yeah. yeah, dude, the page where he's walking down the street with Catwoman and just like halfway through the conversation, she stops and he's walked on a little bit because she's like crying mm-hmm. and then she's. That is an amazing page. And, it like, is the amount that it's conveyed there and like what's Notice going. Notice it's on. one of the nine panel mm-hmm. things. This is why I always loved Lee Weeks when he draw he drew Daredevil, because um, I love the way he draws like these urban scenes like this. That one's not Lee Weeks. That's Michael Lark, who I think also drew no, Daredevil. Well, yeah, and, and yeah, Lee Weeks has done a lot of Daredevil. He did that Daredevil Yeah, but I mean that mini. the the old the old people is Michael Lark in this issue. Oh, Lee, it Weeks, is? Lee Weeks drew the, oh, okay. the early stuff. and Yeah, it made me... I, I had to shut this book real fast and stop thinking about it or I would have been crying on the couch also. Um, but 
the scene where she has snuck into his house and steals his pen, mm-hmm. and he chases her through Wayne mm-hmm. Manor, <laughs> and she's like, oh, by the way, I called the cops. Uh, they should be here right about now, and uh, won't they be surprised to see you follow me out of this window, Bruce Wayne, because he's not in costume? That was pretty good. <laughs> that's, that's an awesome escape. Yeah. Like, I'd never... I, I can't think of a Batman story where somebody who's done that, where they're like, they set him up and distracted him enough. Because his face there is like, oh, fuck, I can't jump out of this window. Um, I Perfect 10. Mm. Throwing that down. Oh, it did crack me up that during that chase sequence, he's still wearing his little slippers. Yeah, no, that's a pretty I was like, great. how do you run in slippers like that? Well, if you're Batman. How does she you, run in high heels? Um, she doesn't have heels here. Well, sometimes she does. Yeah. I, I can't think of a reason not to follow you. With uh, with a ten meows, mm, ten meow meows, meow meow. Yeah, and I also will, will give it ten ten uh, pearls from Martha Wayne's necklace. Pearls, Brayden, uh, eight. <laughs> I didn't cry. I'm, I'm a husk. <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful husk. You're, the, I, you're that X character. Yeah, I did really like uh, that Alfred. You know, like Batman's just starting out, and Alfred's already just had enough of this <laughs> shit. Yeah. I got to take care of two mice. Get some money from her for food. That was great. <laughs> you guys, it's time for a little Bibbit's Boom. Blood out. Boom. Blood out. Elmer shots. All right. Listen, let me go get the alarm. Let me get the horn. Jeff, Jeff, bookshot, 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 bookshot. We're all excited. What does that sound? Alarm. Why? Because it's the buckshot time. How's this work? Okay. Minute and a half on the clock. Minute and a half. It was two minutes the first time. We floated through that. Yeah, yeah, too much. Now we got a minute and a half. We started that last week. However, we introduced a lot more books to the moments. So (laughs) you're uh, welcome. (laughs) No, Brayden, it's an excellent call. It's an excellent call. Um, Who wants to go frigidy first? I mean, I'm first. I'm ready whenever. Okay. You know what? If I go first. Then while these guys talk about theirs, I can eat a cookie. Yeah, oh yeah, I love that idea. Yeah? All right, All right Django, minute 30 on the clock, go. Oh, whoa, Jesus. So, uh, Killer Be Killed, number 14, Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, Elizabeth Breitweiser. This takes us through some sort of master plan that the lead character, Dylan, has. Um, has him uh, doing a very dramatic thing by the end. Uh, he also has an argument with his roommate, and his girlfriend looks like a fucking demon to him. So, Awesome. Awesome middle issue. A uh, lot happens in here. Still one of the best books out there. Want to know about the dramatic thing when this is over? Oh, you think yeah. Erica's a demon? Uh, no, I think he just realizes he's crazy. Um, John Wick number one, uh, based on the, the movie, uh, written by Greg Pak, art by Giovanni Valletta, colors by David Curiel, and Inlight Studios. This is better than I thought it would be. The art is not really anything special. The story is not really anything special, but <laughs> this should have been terrible. And I dug it. It's a nice little prequel. Um, Slasher, number five, the final issue. The final issue stamp on here is by Charles Forsman. The final issue stamp, by the way, is covering up her broken uh, cutoff arm. This book is gross. It will not end in a way that makes you feel good about anything ever again. And uh, I... 
I love it. It's it's creepy. In fact, uh, the best panel of the week was this guy saying, "Call the cops, Fosco. Tell them we have a pervert in the meat aisle." <laughs> Perfect for you. I'm gonna give it an eight, a four, and uh, oh, I'm sorry. Do you think nine. it's still your minute and a half? Wait, <laughs> edit it out, motherfucker. <laughs> All right. So I think at the end of each round, we should allow for questions. John Wick four. Yeah. Okay. I thought you. Yeah. Your, your pleasant surprise sounded yeah. higher than that. Well, uh, great no, I, I expected to give question. it like a two. Wow, okay. It's, it's fine. It's totally fine. So Greg Pack writing is a big But not deal. perfectly acceptable. It's perfect, pervertly acceptable. That's slasher. No. Uh, yeah, I, it's, it's okay. I probably won't read the next one, partly because I'm not enough of a fan of the movies. I, I really enjoy watching the movies, but I don't care to get into that world yeah. anymore. What dramatic thing happens in Killer Be Killed? Uh, the, the big dramatic thing? Because I'm like six issues behind. He kills I... the Russian mob boss. No. Oh. It's fucking cool. He comes up with a rad plan, breaks into the guy's house, and shoots him to death. Also, he has an argument with his roommate because he's sleeping with that girl. Again? You got to catch up, buddy. Is it good still? Got, it's it's, it's hard I'll for give me it a fucking to, eight. It's hard for me to remember that I like that crime book because I don't particularly love crime books. But if like Scalped was coming out monthly, I would probably still forget that I liked that between issues. And it's like my favorite thing. I, everybody should be reading Kill or Be Killed. If you're going to read a crime book, read one by Ed Brubaker. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're going to read a Grody, Grody book, Aaron. make it Slash. So, so you, so you like Slash so Southern much, Bastards? Why, why don't you like um, Junji Ito? Never read it. I thought you, oh, I thought you read, read uh, one of those Junji Ito classics. Nah. Oh. Does it go backwards? Right to left. Yeah. <laughs> a real hard time with that. A real yeah, hard time. Yeah, it's something you have to train your brain to do. But I, having read a bunch of manga last night... And doing the right to left, and then going to like American comics and like left to right, and then going back to manga by the end of the night, it was I was confused. <laughs> like I got halfway through a book, I was like, "Have I been reading this wrong?" Oh no, I was right. So <laughs> yeah, that's I. I guess I'm such a Western graphic designer. Like my head reads everything in a certain way, and I've tried to read a couple of uh, mangas and and just couldn't. Doesn't work for me. How old were you when you started reading manga, Braden? Boy. Thing. <laughs> well, it was like that. eight or eighth grade, ninth grade, like freshman high school. I okay. Think. Okay. Maybe a little before. Okay. Yeah, I I started reading. No, wait. There's the Poke. Well, the Pokemon ones were like issue comics too. Sometimes. Yeah. And did you ever read like Dragon Ball or anything? Not for a while. Okay. I I started reading it when I was like nine or ten. So like the first ones I read were some pretty pervy stuff. Yeah. In the <laughs> Barnes and Nobles at the mall. Mm. So, like, right to left was ingrained in me at a pretty young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you were a little bit later, so and it, and it felt like a smooth turn. Roman, wow. you're up on the fuck <laughs> show. I'm not ready yet. It's been hard for me to learn manga, because I didn't, I didn't read my first manga until college, I think. But for some reason, Pluto, the way he does those panels, that really flows well. Oh, like, man, let's better than save most it for manga, that but Pluto yeah, we'll save it for special that, yeah. edition that's coming up. Okay. All right, Roman, you're on the clock. I'm going to get a cookie. Go. Yeah, get a cookie. Uh, Super Sons Annual Number One by uh, Peter Tomasi, Paul Peltier, and Cam Smith. Uh, this is my favorite issue of this series so far. I mean, I like the kids, but this issue is the Super Pets. You know, it's Crypto, it's uh, Robin's dog Titus, though Ace the Bat Hand also makes an appearance. Bat Cow's in here. Um, Crypto and Titus go off on a Super Pet adventure, and apparently there's they see Detective Chimp. And they're trying to get the old gang together, which apparently there was a super pets group we've never seen before. 
with Streaky the Super Cat, Bat Cow, Crypto, Titus, Robin's Dog. Uh, two new cre- creatures, the Clay Critter, which I guess is Clayface's pet. It's a sixth and, of your time, man. And the best thing of all, there's a cockatiel that belongs to Plastic Man, I guess, Flexi the Plastic Bird. <laughs> and he has Plastic Man's colors. <laughs> and he changes shape. So they go off on an adventure. It's, it's really fun. Um, there's some previous adventure where a tragedy happened to this team of super pets. Streaky and Crypto had some kind of run-in. We don't know what it is, but there's bad blood between them. Oh, no. And they're always they're hissing and spitting at each other and fighting, and Titus breaks it up. Oh, this is just so much fun. And at the end, Superboy and Robin are harassing each other, and Robin, Robin calls him Corn Cob, which cracked me up. Because <laughs> the urban adventure, you know, call, it's just... Crypto and Titus do a paw bump. <laughs> Romance. I, I was so excited about that, I didn't get to quarry. <laughs> you didn't make it to a couple of things there. Who does Streaky the cat belong to? <laughs> Streaky is Wonder back Woman. in the Silver Age of comics. Is it the Flash? He belonged, no, he belonged to Supergirl. Oh. And he was called Streaky because he has a lightning bolt streak on his side. Uh-huh. Wonder Woman's jumper. But yeah, you think it would yeah, be the Flash. Yeah, kang- the kangaroo. Yeah. This, is, this, yeah. this is the worst <laughs> The worst bunch of names ever. <laughs> well, yeah, because you got your streaker and your jumper boy, What's, and you go, yeah, well, because because super pet adventure and your clay clay turd or whatever clay clay critter. It's that thing, <laughs> which is a callback yeah, actually to the to the Legion of Super Pets. Also in the Silver Age, there was a Legion of Super Pets, and there was a creature called Prody that looked just like this little shapeless mass that belonged to Chameleon Boy in the Legion of Superheroes. Chameleon and, boy. Yeah, and Prody got killed, and it was tragic, Brody, but then eh? Prody 2 happened along. The double Prody. So this is all a nod to those creatures, Man. except for Crypto and Streaky, of course, which are from the Silver Age. Braden Smith. Yeah? Grand, godfather of the buckshot. <laughs> father of the buck. Uh, are you ready for B- this? The buck father. Yeah. You got a minute and a half on the clock. Go. It was a small week, so I didn't read a ton, but I did read Street Fighter Reloaded number one for only 99 cents. Mm. <laughs> Reloading the buckshot shooter. It's mm. by uh, Ken Tzu Chong, Arnold Tsang, Alvin Lee, and Joe Madureira. That one's tricky. <laughs> but Madeira. it was pretty fun. I... Played a lot of Street Fighter with my friend growing up, um, so I've got a hefty amount of nostalgia for these characters. So it was kind of just fun to see them in these like super beefy depictions, just like fighting. And I don't know, I didn't engage with the story too much, but like it was super fun just to see these characters do cool shit. And Chun Li shows up at the end, and she's my favorite because she's got lightning kicks. She kicks hard. She kicks so fast. Um, and yeah, I give it a give it an eight out of ten. It was a solid read. Eight uh, out of ten. Yeah, I had fun. It was good. Hell yeah. Um, just I got some time. I did read. Just vamp, yeah. <laughs> I read Powerpuff Girls Bureau of Bad number one. Because I've read some of those like the time travel ones I did a little while back, and this one's a little better because it's based in Townsville, <sighs> and it matches the tone and like the art of the show like pretty much perfectly. As soon as you said Townsville, my heart like oh, melted. Oh, you know the city of Townsville. Oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, it just it didn't like blow me away. But mm. it's a perfect powerful feels. Okay, so follow up. Um, uh, you know who's your Powerpuff Girl? Bubbles. Bubbles. Okay. Wait, which one's Bubbles? Blue. Sugar. 
the blonde one. <laughs> oh, of course. You know what? I actually never immediately associated that with bubbles, your button there. I just assumed it was a Powerpuff Girls button. Yeah, Will has uh, everything nice and Callie has spice. Yeah, I'm also very much a spice boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very much a buttercup guy. I have a follow-up question, too. I'm going to call you spice boy from now on. Please do. I wrote letters to the Spice Girls when I was in second grade. We're going to call you Aww. Garlic Jr., and you're not going to get it, though. Oh! <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> the Spice Boys! <laughs> <laughs> My oh, black I don't, I don't know what this means, either, but I love it. <laughs> um, Was is Chun Li? I mean, is is she like in the Street Fighter mythos? Is she good? Bad? She's What's, good. Okay. Um, she's got spiky bracelets though, so I can see why you might think she's bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anything with an angle that's sharp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, Django, you want to put me on on the oh, spot? Gonna, yet? Should I? I never. Rated. Yeah. yeah, you did. You gave it a 10. Did? Okay. Jeff, go. <laughs> All right. Uh, I did read Green Arrow, uh, annual number one. If you're in it for the holidays, this is good for that. If you're not, it's not that good. I want to talk <laughs> about Dragon Ball Super Graphic Novel oh. Volume 2 yes. by who else other than Akira Toriyama and Toyotaro. Um, this is the second Dragon Ball Super volume that came out. The first one was like episodes 1 through 25 of the English dub of Dragon Ball Super. Uh, this one probably is similar, like 25, 26 to 50. Really, really cool. It wraps up the end of the tournament saga, which is awesome, which is uh, a really good balance of like the humor and action that Akira Toriyama is particularly good with for like Dragon Ball. And then the second, like, well, I guess like the last third of this goes back to that real serious Dragon Ball Z tone. So we're taken to the future where future trunks return to after we went back in time to give Goku the medicines that he'd be able to beat Cell. And in this reality, uh, Goku Black, I don't want to spoil anything for you, Braden, but in this reality, Goku Black shows up and he takes Bulma. He's basically destroyed the reality. Uh, Future Trunks is friends with Mai because Xiao and Mai, and they're all kids at the same time. So she gets killed or taken at the very end and uh, Trunks escapes this horrible, evil version of Goku and goes back in time to our current time. Really, really heavy. Super, super cool. Um, I absolutely love it. It's so nice to get uh, Akira Toriyama back doing Dragon Ball stuff, even though he's not doing the art, but he is storyboarding it. Uh, There's a really cool connection between both of those writers and artists. Um, If you like Dragon Ball, it is so so fucking cool to get more of it. I haven't seen new Dragon Ball since I was like 10. Um, so it's nice to be around that. 10 out of 10. Wow. Oh, so this is new stuff. It's not It's not like reprinted or... No. So Dragon Ball Z ended in Japan a mm. long time ago, but it was translated into English and was probably done by the time I was about 14. Um and there was a follow-up series to it that Akira Toriyama did not write. He just did the character design for, and I never really liked that very much, and it was 64 episodes. And then there was just a huge period where there wasn't any coming out. Um, And kind of out of nowhere, he started writing this and having this artist who's been in love with Dragon Ball since they were a child do the art for it. And... Yeah, it, they're at like over 117-ish episodes into it in Japan, and they're also doing this manga. And wow. it's like, if I had to have a single franchise that is like my greatest love of my entire life, it would be Dragon Ball Z, like above any other comic book or superhero wow. or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So you can feel Akira Toriyama in this. He has a really weird sense of humor, and he also straddles like action and comedy in a really brilliant way. And I think that you and I were talking about like, this Braden and I, I gestured to Braden, um, that uh, it's had a lot of like ser- or comedy tone so far. But like a thing that I love about Dragon Ball Z is that it can like flip the switch on and it can become mm. very serious. And like you just get scared of Goku mm. um, with this like you know strong armed father thing. And yeah, I it's I, deeply I, important to me. 
I have a question. Yeah. Were you guys, was this buckshot round designed to just straight up troll me with the names you were shouting? Because <laughs> all three of you started saying things that just like, maybe are words, maybe are compound words, what maybe are just streaky. You streaker? said streaky. Streaky? <laughs> streaky. Streaky. Uh, clay clay chud or whatever. <laughs> clay chud. Everything. Awesome. When you listed those names, and then Braden listed a bunch of shit from Street Fighter, and Jeff started saying future trunks and Goku and and mm. whatever. Mm. Listen, Jenga, don't blame us for being an uncultured chocolate. Yeah, Goku this, meets an alien. These Look are these are all words. Flexi. It means it means flexible. That's silly, right? That's yeah. silly. I love all of Dragon Ball Z, but I I think I love. The tournament stuff the most. This has got to just be like what, Detective what Jim. we sound like when, uh. like what I sound like when I'm talking superheroes around my parents or something. Mm. <laughs> it, it, and I, I think it is similar to that. Um, so also that was a little bit of our manga moment. Manga oh. watch. Oh, I like manga moment. God, yeah, I do too. Man, manmo. And I and I love and I love these uh, buckshot rounds because you guys got to be so curious about these things I'm not reading. Oh, <laughs> oh, Roman. Speaking awesome. of things you're not reading, huh? space battle lunchtime. Space battle lunchtime. What? Battle. Check that out. Oh, space battle what? Lunchtime. Space battle lunchtime. Man, We've got the, the graphic novels. Oh, okay. I saw you bring that up here on Monday. It was super good. You'll like it. So, cool. Braden, on other things that you and Roman are reading. Oh yeah. Can oh, yeah. you talk to me a little bit about Heavy Vinyl Number Four, which is no longer Hi-Fi Fight Club? Yeah, it's the spinoff of Heavy Metal. <laughs> yeah. Did, ties, into, uh, ties into DC's events right now. Did Chuck Palahniuk's lawyers I say, listen, Dark Chuck, if you're going to make mm. a comic book, you can't name it after your novel? Because he's writing this, right? Mm-hmm. You can cut that part out if you want. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, Braden, is this... I was reaching. <laughs> is, this, is this staying good? I only read the first issue and really liked it, and... Just this was the weakest of the four, but I think that's by necessity of it having to wrap everything up, because it was a four-issue miniseries. Is and it it's, done now? Uh, it says uh, it says at the end. It doesn't say the end, but it doesn't say to be continued either. So it's up in the air, and I'm hoping it continues because I think there's a lot more room. Yeah. Well, it says the end for now. Yeah. So it's hopeful that there's going to be more, but it's like yeah. a, a lot of boom titles will start with a limited run like Mecha at You mm-hmm. or Goldie Vance. Those were both like four issue runs that got made into ongoing series. Uh, Giant Days did that too. It was supposed to be four or six issues and right. they extended it to infinity. So and usually they'll announce it by the by the last issue. So that's why I was kind of not expecting it to go on. But I really hope it does because it is really good. And these characters are really cool and relatable. But this issue, like, some of the relationships felt like they got, like, sped up to, like, make them happen. And, like, a lot of thread plot lines were kind of tied up neat and tidily mm. so they could kind of go from there, which made it feel a bit rushed. But, like, I can't fault the creators for that because it's like, all right, here's the fourth issue. Like, wrap it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, I pretty much felt the same way, um, though it was nice to finally see Chris and I can't remember her name. Max? Um, is it Max? Yeah, I think it's Maggie. To, yeah, Maggie. To see them finally finally, be honest with each other, that was really nice. I mean, that's what you've been wanting the whole series. <laughs> all, well, all four issues. Which ones are they? Are they the red shirt and... You and me. Yeah, okay. the, two on the, the two on the cover. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> uh, so Okay, so what do you guys think of 
books that do that where they they tell you how long they're going to be and then they change it like is that is that something that is fair because i feel like when when we're ringing people up and we offer to subscribe them to things a lot of times i'll ask how many issues it's going to be and i don't know if i like like I, i i would rather have something stop and start a new number one as an ongoing series i mean usually there's a hefty gap in time between the supposed final issue and the startup of the ongoing like there's i think two or three months between met cadet you number four and five coming out but it's still like four it's and a, five it's not four right. and one like season two yeah yeah but they're not one. like sneaking it up on people like the next month like yeah. oh you still sub to this book it's not like all those marvel like punisher number one in a four issue miniseries and you're trying to price those and you realize there's a five and a six also and you're right. like when and why were they doing this in the 80s well this this just seems like a fairly new thing where like this is this is boom's model right yeah. now where they say we're gonna do a pilot season and if it takes off we're just gonna subtly remove that of four of six from the from the count and i think I can't say this for sure, but I think Image does it too. I oh, think Image, Image was doing says, it. Sex Criminals and Manhattan Projects were both really clear instances of that. Limited runs that turned big. They didn't. I don't think that they advertised the numbers ahead of time intentionally. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. boom. Yeah, will usually advertise that. Yeah, and Image will will usually not, but you can feel that there's like this is a complete story, and then they tagged on this thing to give them a an out because the first four issues sold well enough that by the fifth issue they can say, oh, by the way, there's more story coming up. When we, yeah. when we can, and Marvel's been doing these one shots lately that are supposed to be like, there's, they did one for like for Darkhawk this week. There was a Power Pack one. There was Silver Sable. Are those just one shots? They're one shots, but at the end of every issue, it's like, want to find out what happens next? Like, there's nothing unless you want something to happen. They say email if you like this, and we can make more or something like that. Really? It's, it's, so it's the, really weird. And I don't Darkhawk the unsubscribable. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. I think that that's a good thing because ultimately you want to hear from the readers and not the consumers who are buying it based on the possibility of people. Man, the day Marvel starts a Kickstarter is going to be a sad, sad day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Speaking of Marvel and sad, sad days, let's bring this this all together tonight, um, this evening, with a little conversation about Old Man Logan number 31. By Ed Brisson. Samurai. Yeah. Ed Brisson. And Mike Diodato. Jr. And Frank Martin. With VC's Corey Pettit. I tried something interesting with this comic book. Oh, yeah? I read it all to Sam, who is very sick. I don't know where she got that illness from. Yeah. Um, <laughs> She's got to take better care of herself. Yeah. You're going to be doing a one-man podcast next I read week. it all to her, and but I didn't just read speech bubbles, which is a thing I've done in the past. I like sort of like... At, I didn't read any speech bubbles. I was just sort of summarizing each page. You know, like, all right, we're wandering through the streets of Japan. A gang found him. Okay, we're going to cut through his arm. Oh, the hand regrew. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Looks like um, we're cut to a building. It's late at night. Uh, all the employees are leaving. We got one guy left. Oh, he's doing something sneaky. Oh, but now he's leaving and going to the top of the building. It looks like the owner of the company is up there. And he's, oh, he's the Silver Samurai. So uh, it took... 
Keep and going. I'm reading this as okay, you're yeah, saying. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's up there. Um, they get into a, a bit of a scuffle. Uh, you know, I kind of forget what happens immediately after that. Wolverine fights some more gang members that are, I think... So many gang members. So many gang members. But then something happens at the business Ooh. where the like the owner that's the Silver Samurai is there late at night. He's kind of a young guy. A whole bunch of ninjas, like, mob that so building. So many ninjas. And they show up and they start fighting the Silver Samurai. Is it the hand? Um, it's Gorgon's guys who <laughs> is, that is, what is that what they're called? Gorgon's, Gorgon's guys. guys. They all have matching shirts and their numbers. GG. Go- Gorgon from the Inhumans? Uh, I don't know. I associate him. Isn't maybe his name is Gorgon? I associate him with like Shield and Hy- or sorry Hydra. Yeah, I was come on, joke. Gorgon. Oh, Gorgon's a handoff. Oh, like the but uh, ultimately, then a red samurai stabs Scar or Silver Samurai through the chest, and we're probably led to believe that's Scarlet Samurai, and he's Wolverine. Old Man Logan's making out with a Scarlet sure. Samurai on the front. Well, Scarlet, the the Clint. person who stabs him says the Scarlet uh, Samurai, the Scarlet Samurai, and she's from Clan Yoshida, which is I think the one he hooked up with when he visited Japan in the eighties, like right with Kitty Pride and uh, like yeah, Yuriko. Um, yeah. Or, oh man, that Wolverine and Kitty Pride miniseries. Yeah. What was it? What was it? Uh, Wolverine's one of his great loves, Mariko. Yeah, Mar- Mariko. Yeah, and wasn't she? Mariko. Yeah. And the Silver Samurai was from that clan, I think. Or he was their enforcer or something like that. And she was part of the clan. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Storm, uh, Storm had a mohawk. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think it's so... You guys are so... I just want to be you guys. Oh. You're so cute. I love that you, and I? Yeah, you do this kind of stuff. Oh, oh. I thought you were talking oh, about Oh, yeah, that. everybody wants to be somebody else. I thought you were talking about Jeff and Braden. Yeah, me too. Thanks yeah, those two um, characters that, that, in High Five that, Fight Club seem to really have gotten <laughs> together at the end. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is good for them. I just, need yeah. to, I just need to tell you what I'm feeling. I already know about it. <laughs> <laughs> I read that page. So um, I just read the previous four issues. I think that was uh, Brisson's entire run yeah. or most of Brisson's run on Old Man Logan. I just finished those this morning. Uh, and then this one came out. I, it's, a, it's a very different style from Jeff Lemire. Uh, like Lemire's Old Man Logan arc was great. This is very different. This is this doesn't have to be Old Man Logan. This because this is just Wolverine. Yeah. Um, you know he was fighting dudes from the uh, Hulks from the wastelands uh, in in the last run, but that didn't really matter all that much. It could have been Logan fighting a bunch of Hulks, yeah. like Wolverine fighting a bunch of Hulks instead of Old Man Logan. Um, I think. I, I really like this series, but I don't know if I'm going to keep reading it. Well, it might help if you just sort of summarize issues to Erica. Because I, w- I read that Hulk volume and was just sort of meh. I don't even think I read the final issue of it, but I read all the others. Wolverine I was, wins. Yeah, I skimmed it. And like a bunch of bombs and nukes. Um, I love Japan. I love anime. My dream location is to go to Japan and just like stay there for a while. But my entire life, I don't care about stories where Wolverine is in Japan. Like yeah. I I've never been able to like latch on to any of those stories and I I don't know what it is, but I, is I it cuz it's just all Japanese gangsters yeah, versus Wolverine. Yeah, and I don't really care about I guess Daredevil related to that stuff too cuz it just becomes like big ninja clan battles or like gangs. It's cannon fodder. Yeah, and I guess you know as soon as I was like, oh, right, Silver Samurai is a guy from Marvel vs. Capcom 2, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. But I was like, he doesn't even look awesome like in that game. Like, yeah, I- Marvel ninjas, like, they're always, like, horde-based. Yeah. Like, and you'd, you'd think ninjas would be a little more, 
silent solo assassin types. Yeah, they're like the third best at what Wolverine does. <laughs> <laughs> so they need 300 of them to <laughs> yeah. fight him. <laughs> yeah. you got, you got to read some of the old Master of Kung Fu stuff, because there has... Solo ninjas. Or you could read the new Shang-Chi Master. (laughs) Yeah, that was horrible. God. There are a couple panels in here that I think were really cool. Yeah. Uh, I've always been pretty fond of Diodato. I just flipped through it. I really like the art in this. And he did did the last run, too. But, like, where Wolverine cuts the guy's fingers off and his gun at the same time, that was almost tied with the pervert in the meat aisle for my favorite panel Mm. of the week. (laughs) Uh, And then the paneling in the whole thing gets... Really weird and kind of, kind of cattywampus. But that's very sometimes. him. Like Diodato just does yeah. that. Yeah. Well, he's using this like zipatone texture on a lot of it. the The art is not like what you've the other stuff that you've read, especially coming out of Marvel right now. Yeah. Like it's got its very own feel. It's got too many lines and it feels a little bit dirty. And you you have to kind of work to track the action, but it's worth it. And not, not like in a muddled way, just in a fuck you, this is how I'm telling the story way. Hmm. Yeah, this is a guy that Bendis did a bunch of stuff with. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like New Avengers. Yeah, New Avengers. And like his, yeah, throughout that run a lot, that's how I introduced my, like was introduced to this artist. And it's just another instance of, there's a lot of artists that Bendis like brought up yeah. and got work because he liked working with them. Um, I would pay this guy just based on the shot of, a thousand ninjas crawling up the side of that building. <laughs> like That's so cool. I just can't wait to see what sort of artists uh, Bendis cultivates at DC and which artists move from Marvel to DC and what happens mm. with all that. I wonder if some people from... Uh, they, they should have done uh, DC's new talent showcase featuring all Bendis. That's, new that's artists. <laughs> I hope that artists don't jump shit from Marvel, but I, I do hope that he sort of just like... Like I think he and like Rick Remender are also like is really good about finding specific artists mm-hmm. and that like he, they spend a lot of time uh, looking for unknown artists that they really like and then get them to work with them. So it's really interesting to see uh, or to hear that they have that kind of clout because I think that the general wisdom in that scene is that the somebody writes it and then the company will find somebody to draw it. Yeah, and like I guess you reach a certain a point mm-hmm. where it's not like the writer has a say in it. But I think a lot of comics are made, okay, we got a writer. Now somebody else is going to find an artist. Mm-hmm. I don't think you get to choose who you're teamed up right. with all the time. One to ten me. Oh, thank you, Braden. Uh, did I get a one to ten on heavy vinyl? No. I'd really love to oh. hear on um, this issue and the whole series. Um, back. Seven on this issue, or probably a nine on the whole series, though. Nice. Like, it's very nice. solid. I really hope there's more of it. Man, I just want to have, like, we need, like, a small shelf of just, like, these those boombox minis that we <laughs> love, like a teen dog and yeah. a heavy vinyl and, like, you the know other what? ones. We're going to have a bigger kids there. section coming up pretty soon. And you Spoilers. say and you say that, like, uh, we're going to have our kids section and then we're going to have our bigger kids section for bigger kids. And then young sure. adult. Sure. And then regular. We can just have it gradiate. As you go closer to the, the mm. corner, it turns into more and more kid stuff. So I have, they have to walk past all the grown-up kid stuff. Gross. I give this issue a uh, six. Is that Abs- a heavy metal? Heavy uh, no, I, I think I would give that one a Six higher. adamantium claws? Uh, in the in the in just the couple pages I read while Braden was talking about it, because I had to fill myself in, I felt more than 
anything in Old Man Logan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but the art is cool and it's characters I like and I'm interested in it and I would I'll keep flipping through it. Um, I don't actually just really much care about Logan's other romantic dalliances outside of Jean mm. Grey, and that's one of the reasons I have a problem with Jean Grey is because I feel like she was always playing Scott and Lo- Logan. I'm I'm a big fan of monogamy. I think it turns out so when it when I I just like. I can't invest in other people investing in more than one person. Like, where's my heart? Where are my alliances? You got mine, baby. Oh. <laughs> we got to talk to Sam. Yeah. Well, I, just, I just came on picturing you leading old man Logan to Erica and, and, and her going meow at the no. end of every page. Oh, God, mm-hmm. God let's get out of this inflections. corner of reality <laughs> real quick. You can edit this out, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can. <laughs> Listen, uh, <clears throat> something I want to talk about briefly we don't need to dive into it yeah. but i just feel like can i can i grade this oh did you read it to, i yeah. thought you only real quick i gotta get to where brayden's going uh <laughs> i'm gonna give the art an eight and a half i'm gonna give the story a six and mm-hmm. i'm gonna give the comic a six nice oh. sorry diodato oh. brayden uh yeah to get kind of serious for oh. a moment I feel like November in particular has been kind of a controversial month Maybe the in the comics industry. in a long time. It's just in life. I was yeah. In the world. And yeah. we don't talk about that stuff a whole lot, but I just want to make sure everybody knows like it's stuff we think about and stuff we care about and stuff that I personally am happy to discuss with people. Yeah. Yeah, and is like really affecting stuff for sure. Like It'll- it's we live in this medium in this industry so like it yeah there are people that you bond to and there are people that you don't bond to and their work that you see and and all of it is this weird thing and and yeah, yeah. just like Braden said and I, I personally get very like hung up on creators and stuff like that well, but I get hung up on stuff. and <laughs> just know like there's always books to try like there's plenty of stuff out there like we just need to know what people want and we'll get it yeah and yeah yeah it's it's been a been a weird a weird few weeks and it'll be real interesting to see how everything shakes out i hope it doesn't just go straight back to the status quo um but you know it it might the fact that it's so, it might lean back in that direction pretty quickly the fact knows? that it's so visible right now i think mm-hmm. just and when i say it i mean like issues in the industry and how like from hiring to like upper management positions just like the way all of that works yeah the fact that there's more of a spotlight on it now i would hope bring some permanent some change to it. Yeah. Fingers crossed. That's the hope. I give I, the comics I, industry a four out of ten. I can't help but notice oh, that Roman uh, Roman's being very quiet about this. <laughs> just thinking about sex dresses over there or what? Yeah, yeah, I was. No, every, Wow, I'm editing what's funny, that out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those are selling better now because I mean um, what the <laughs> nobody, uh, nobody said that. No, it's it's funny when you uh this is a serious topic, and and but then when you said fingers crossed, all I could my head just went to the cross series, so it kind of <laughs> like nullified the whole entire conversation oh. in my head. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> and like Brain just said, we can get anything in this store, and I, we do work hard to get a lot of different stuff in the store. Yeah. So like as many voices as we can get is awesome. And for every instance of like some really horrible stuff happening in comic books right now, there's also instances of really amazing stuff happening as well. So. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of creative stuff that's coming coming out no matter what's happening behind the scenes. I just want to quote Mr. Rogers, when bad things are happening, look for the helpers because hmm. they're always there. Is is that like is Streaky one of the helpers? 
Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I leave that up to you guys to find <laughs> out what's the positive change. Streaking and flexy the plastic bird. Oh, I don't like the idea of skin stretching under feathers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> look at this one panel. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like, how would the feathers even stay in at that point? Look, look at the bird stretching its neck out there. Ugh. And sometimes it's, it, it, it says little, it, it, it speaks like in little, like, colored. it says cuckoo kachub or something at one time, you know, referencing beetles. Ugh, kill it. I'm Jeff, <laughs> and I'm really, really happy to be feeling at least a bit better. <laughs> I'm Django, and I felt a little, a little tightening in the back of my throat on my way here. Oh. Uh, I'm going to become a big old crybaby about the next week or so. <laughs> Eat a lot of fuck. It doesn't help, man. What's yeah, your spice, name? Spice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Roman, and, and I want to be called Streaky from now on. <laughs> I'm Braden, and I'm never going to call you that. <laughs> but if he keeps those actions up, he's going to be referred to as Streaker a lot. Streaker. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny at the museum, I can't get any of them to call me Rome Dog you know, or we, Our Dog. I, I brought it up numerous times, so like, I'm not calling you that. <laughs> we started calling Django a pervert, and now... Roman just keeps trying to up his game. Well, yeah, because I was the store person. It's not before. an invitation, Roman. <laughs> He's jealous. Yeah, I'm going to defend my title. <laughs> oh, <that's impressive. laughs>